You have reached Pod Level Midnight, a conversation show about sports, movies, and whatever else we find along the way. I'm your host, Josiah Dury. Let's go. Getting to the fall movie season, I have the franchise fellas back again for our semi-annual check-in on all things movies and franchises especially. So uh, joining the podcast is host of Project Showtime, Jason Showalter. Hey, what's up? Hey. <laughs> and frequent guest of both Project Showtime and Pod Level Midnight, Cam Harpold. Welcome. Yeah, that's a nice intro. Thanks. <laughs> That was good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. We'll have another spinoff. Um, good. Well, yeah, I wanted to get you guys back together. It's been a while since we've chatted on the pod and just talk about what's going on in the in the entertainment industry, specifically movies and little t- TV. We usually like to get together and talk specifically about like franchises, um, some of the big, um, especially movie franchises that we are fans of or, or consume a lot of. And we'll get to that. Um, but there's not a ton going on in some of the franchise world, or there's been a bit of a lull in some of the big ones. So um, I want to start with kind of just the state of the industry and specifically um, the movie industry and theaters and coming off of a, a record-breaking summer in a lot of ways with with the Barbenheimer thing and everything that came with that, um, and then leading into this fall and um, a lot of other stuff that's going on. So I want to just ask you guys first, just um, what did you guys think about, you know, from watching from outside or seeing the movies? Um, of just the whole phenomenon that was kind of the biggest story of the summer, which was Barbie and Oppenheimer in July, and then the ultimate box office results with those being two of the biggest movies of the year. Were you surprised it became such a big deal? Jason, go ahead. Not so much surprised. I think like when I when it was first announced, like both of the movies were coming out the same weekend, I felt like it was kind of like a, a some type of like gimmick or some some type of comedy where it's like oh so stoked to see barbie blah 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 but like as it got closer to release date you could kind of tell like that talk started becoming a little more real um with like the pre-sales and the like the pre-screening reviews and everything um i ended up seeing i didn't see either of them on uh opening weekend um the movie theater i mean like we mainly go to is the one I used to work at and it was just sold out. They didn't even have, um, they didn't have Oppenheimer in the biggest theater. They had Barbie in there, which I was like, that's, I mean, that's fine. I get it because it's going to sell more so you can like clearly make more money. Um, but I wanted to see Oppenheimer on the big screen, which is like the pseudo IMAX um, at that movie theater. I know the Indianapolis, uh, not the art museum. I forgot what it's called now. They had it here. They had Oppenheimer here in the IMAX. I didn't get to see it because it was sold out like pretty much every showing. But um, I enjoyed them both. Uh, we watched Oppenheimer first. And I mean, if you're comparing the movies, not to get too much into it right off the bat, but I think it was definitely the better overall film. I mean, as far as like cast, story, you could definitely tell it was a Christopher Nolan movie. Um, but Barbie was just so like fun right it was just kind of like you know like goofy but like very amusing entertaining um 
I can't really compare which one I liked more because they were just so different. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of my my quick take on it, at least for right. now. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to get into you know full reviews or anything like that, but um, yeah, I had a whole podcast with Kirsten after we went and saw both of them on on the same day, and what a great experience that was. I was just excited to have um, kind of the you know two two of the most like bankable directors that we have, especially now after these movies um, coming out with whether or not you would call these like, um, I don't know, unique stories or like, you know, original stories is a, is an interesting question. Um, this could almost tie into our, you know, franchise tent if we want to with both of them, Christopher Nolan's kind of a franchise of his own. Um, but just the success that they had. And then you look at the, results for the year. I mean, I think both of them did bigger than anyone would have expected with Barbie over a billion. And I mean, Oppenheimer making $900 million is, is insane when you think about it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But I know you're a big, you know, Christopher Nolan fan. What did you think about that being his next movie? I don't know if you've got a chance to see it yet or not, but just his um, success or just kind of the market that he has where people will just go see a movie because he's the one doing it. Because he's the one doing it. I think it's really cool. Like, Aside from the specifics of both of those movies, like the atmosphere of the theater, right? Local theaters, I actually had to go in and help them with showings mm -hmm. because we have hundreds of people coming on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, on a Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, like literally for both movies. Like that was fun. And people dressing up for it. Like we haven't had that, honestly, since like, probably Avengers Endgame or, you know, something like that, like something big, but like these are standalone films, not tied into any sort of particular franchise. Right. And yet they have immediately because of who's doing it and who's behind it immediate, like we need to go, we need to support and support in a big way. So like from a local theater perspective, super cool to see from just a film buff and just mm -hmm. general, like, <laughs> happiness to see the people get respect and praise before stuff even drops that's also super fun to watch so i i think the whole atmosphere around kind of both of them firing off at the same time was super fun like just from a theater experience you're back to see you know going to the big screen like for just i don't know like I, i'm more about the environment atmosphere that it brought yeah yeah i mean all three of us are are former movie theater employees and lovers and we want to see that industry continue to succeed so i think that that was one of the most exciting things for all of us was just to see the success coming from something other than the next marvel movie or something like that and you know you, if you want to be cynical about barbie and all the franchises that are going to come from that then that's understandable for sure but that was certainly a kind of a i don't know a one shot that you get to make that type of movie and, you know, make fun of it in that way. And for Greta Gerwig to do it. So um, I think that that's special in its own right. And then Oppenheimer, yeah. Uh, R rated historical biopic about, you know, the creation of nuclear weapons and stuff by Christopher Nolan told in his classic, like fractured timelines and stuff for that to go to be one of his biggest movies ever is crazy. Do you guys think, and we're going to get to like, you know, Marvel and stuff a little bit later, but, do you think that there's a bit more of a, I don't want to get into like superhero fatigue and stuff. Cause that's over, you know, over talked about, but 
as far as what people want to go to the movies to see, having something new and they know it's going to be well done because the directors and um, and the cast and everything else, seeing something that they haven't seen before instead of seeing a kind of a, a repeat or a new spin on something they've already seen. Do you think that that's, this was a once kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity? Do you think that that is an actual shift that's happened compared to maybe five, 10 years ago? Um, I mean, I definitely think it's a little bit of a shift in a way. I mean, you know, with it being Christopher Nolan, um, pretty much every movie that I've seen from him is like you, you have the anticipation every time you find out he's doing a film. Um, now, especially this one, I talked to a buddy of mine who's like a huge movie buff and he's like, look, this movie like is definitely one you want to see in theater with the, with the, obviously the the explosion you want to see that on the big screen Spoiler. um yeah sorry everybody uh came out what are we at like like two months Didn't now know what the movie was gonna be about yeah yeah um but i do think that like i'm, I'm hoping this is a trend moving forward where like you do have you you know you, you people start to kind of appreciate the director a little bit more and start to see like oh you know Christopher Nolan's is doing a new film like you start to kind of get more excited about it um, and it gets people in the theaters. I mean, there's my only thing was I would have loved to see it on IMAX pretty much just for the explosion. Otherwise majority of the movie is a close up of Killian Murphy's face or him in, you know, the interrogation room. Um, but still like a super sharp image, the whole, the whole movie. Barbie is just, it, like I said, it's just overall entertaining, exciting, um, you could see kind of like the in-depth story meaning of it, but it was just, it was just a very fun movie. Um, a lot of humor and yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see kind of what's to come from the success of these two basically to wrap that up. Yeah. Yeah. I was just mostly glad that people are, are wanting to see movies by great directors and we can debate, you know, like how good these movies are, but I think everyone for the most part can agree that they're two very good movies and, you know, not just your classic popcorn whatever box office thing um both probably going to have some oscar buzz i think oppenheimer is the leader in the clubhouse right now for a lot of things um with killers of the flower moon to come as i think it'll be down to those two for most of the big stuff but um i don't know what you know cam you're kind of on the ground you see kind of people coming into the theater week to week do you think that there's something drawing about those two movies that was a special draw or do you think that there's a bit of a shift away from maybe the franchise stuff i don't know if it's a shift away from the franchise stuff or more like because of the franchise stuff right like are they just going like we almost kind of owe the the repetitious superhero movies that are underperforming now kind of a little bit of the reason as to why these are doing so well i think or just other movies in general because they're out of the spotlight and we need to know what's going to go into that spotlight. And so people are kind of searching for it. And so I think maybe people are paying a little bit more attention of quality to see kind of who's backing it, which rather than actors and actresses, see who's leading the charge, who's directing, who's putting together. So I don't know. I, I think maybe the shift now will come because of these two movies. I don't think these two movies are, are, I think it's a domino effect that I don't know that they're the shifts happening 
like ahead of those two movies, but I think it will now going forward. I think one of the biggest things is people like to be able to go to a movie where they haven't, they don't have to do homework beforehand. And they, like, if they haven't seen certain things, um, it doesn't matter in this case. (laughs) Right. You're supposed to, that's kind of supposed to be your little escape. You're Mm -hmm. one and a half hour to three and a half or four, whatever that the flower moon is going to (laughs) be. 25, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Long, long bits of time, but you're supposed to be able to sit down and enjoy it and escape the world where that yeah i think you hit it right in the head i think you're you're going down a, a path of not being able to sit down and enjoy it and you have to do a checklist to make sure you're caught up to speed with everything before you can fully appreciate everything they're doing in there and even then i don't know that you can fully appreciate it due to just the quality but yeah it'd be interesting to know how much how many people know i think definitely more for Nolan and Oppenheimer, as far as going in, like knowing who the director is, I think, you know, most people that saw Barbie probably hadn't heard of Greta Gerwig before now, um, but she certainly, I mean, she already had a great run critically, but now is going to be one of those people that's going to be a draw when she makes another movie, you know, similar to, uh, I mean, Jordan Peele's never drawing this big of a crowd, but he's another one I think of, like, you know, he's got a new movie, you're going to go see it, um, or I am at least. So all this optimism I had about, you know, like I want, I don't want to be a franchise hater or anything like that, but I do want to have like original stories and stuff that are in the mix towards the top of the box office. So that was really encouraging to see with these two movies. And then I pull up the 2023 box office for the year so far. So let me read you the first 15 movies on here. 16 Um, Barbie. Number one. Great. Super Mario bros. Um, At least it's a new thing, you know, for kids. Like, of course that's always going to be up there. Oppenheimer three, which insane, but great. Um, And then we go, Guardians of the Galaxy, Fast X, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Little Mermaid, Mission Impossible, Elemental, I guess that's new, that's unique, Um, Ant-Man, Transformers, John Wick, Meg 2, Indiana Jones, Creed 2, The Flash. So, and then even- Franchise, 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 basically. Everything. So- um, so that's still definitely the norm as far as the big box office draws. Um, And I mean, a lot of these are- down from what they were in past years, like a lot of the Marvel stuff, which we'll get to, but um, it's not maybe, it's kind of a, it's TBD as far as if it was just lightning in a bottle with Barbie and Oppenheimer coming together. And I think, you know, what happens with the new, with the Scorsese movie is really interesting to me, actually this fall, you know, if that can get 300, 400, 500 million, something like that, that would be incredible. But I think that for the most part, other than Oppenheimer, those types of movies don't, don't get to that point. So it'll be interesting to see what the shift is there. Um, the other thing that really put took the wind out of my sails coming out of this summer was the Dune delay, which is a franchise, of course, but we all love Denis Villeneuve. And of course, like seeing one of our great filmmakers make something like that, that was my most anticipated movie, the movie of the year. I know I texted you guys right away when I saw the news and was just like falling to my knees. <laughs> um, but Eventually we'll get to see it, um, but that was a big bummer. Um, what do you guys think about just that news and you know anticipating that now leading out until March? I am drawn a blank as the to the reason why the delay. I mean, they didn't say, but it's because of it was because of the strikes and the actors not being able to promote it. Did I thought I saw the strike? Is coming to an end soon? Or Writer's strike end? is ended. Actors will probably end soon. I th- I mean, my take on it, and I don't want to get too far, you know, into the weeds, but 
it was a move by Warner Brothers who was putting out Dune to kind of punish the actors and writers strike and try to kind of used as a play, you know, as a political football or whatever you want to call it, just to like blame them for this movie that everyone's excited for being delayed when there's really no, I mean, yes, it helps to have Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya promoted. I get that. But I think Dune 2 was going to do the numbers it was going to do either way for the most part. And now if it ends in time, it probably could have done a press tour anyway. So maybe they'll move it back up, but I'm not holding my breath for that. So that's the only reason. But again, not much moved other than that. You know, Aquaman stayed, Killers of the Flower Moon stayed, most of the big stuff. So I think it was a, a move and I'm not happy with Warner Brothers for doing it. Yeah. I think you're going to have some issues though. Um, you're going to be competing, right? So the that's problem it makes is, no sense for them. Like fall is the no, season. Not, it's the best time. Oh, they, they had a right. whole red carpet rolled out for them for all the IMAX screens, everything. So there, there was no benefit for them to do it. Yeah. But what's coming out next fall that it can compete with? Like at this time, do we know like any, well, I think that's the problem is we don't know what's going to compete with, but you're going to have a very full release calendar for all of next year. So you're going to have to kind of pick and choose what you're going to go up against. And you punted yourself to the next Oscars. Like you're not eligible Ooh. for this one now. Ooh, right. Nice. I like that. And then when you're thinking about like, get down to the nitty gritty for like running and managing the theater, right. They can, they have limits to what amount of movies they can have have in release windows like for like the distribution companies and production companies yeah. so they're just shooting themselves in the foot so they're competing against their own movies <laughs> yeah and i mean would have felt right to see dune in in the fall compared to the spring i'll just say that i think it's going to be weird but i i will be excited nonetheless even though i have to wait six more months instead of man tickets would be probably right on sale right now i would have been i was planning my whole fall around this so very disappointing um, I mentioned the strikes briefly. I don't, you know, know all the details and the sides that went into all that stuff, but good news is they seem to be coming to an end. And as far as the kind of agreements and stuff, one thing I know is they, at least the writers secured a guarantee that we're not going to have AI writing movies and TV shows. <laughs> so that's a good news. Okay. I think that's we can all agree on that. That, that is good. Been bad. So even though some stuff, you know, maybe on Netflix seems like it's written by AI already. So um, but that's good. Yeah. Good for them. Um, hopefully that means the kind of wheel can get back turning when it comes to creating this stuff, but it's going to be a bit of a, it's already been a bit of a dead zone. And it's going to probably affect the next, I don't know, year or two, um, when it comes to development. So that's that, um, that will be coming to an end, but I don't think it's going to change the schedule as it is anything you guys, you know, now that Dune 2 is cleared out, what are you looking forward to the rest of the year as far as movie releases, whether franchise or not? Uh, Napoleon mm -hmm. with the director, Ridley Scott. Yep. Yep. Um, it's kind of interesting because when I first saw the trailer, visually it looks great. It looks like a Ridley Scott film. Um, but for some reason, I just had this like weird, like, I don't know, like I had a bone to pick or something because there's no French accents at all in the yeah. entire film. Um which I can see like sometimes you could have actors who probably don't do a good accent and the viewers could be viewing or view, watching that and saying they're going to be more focused on their messed up accent than actually appreciate the film. Um, so that I don't really care, but, um, but you're I'm a, big, you're a big Napoleon guy. You're a big Napoleon fan. So you're a purist when it comes to this, right? 
Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> the Conqueror. Yes. Yeah. No, I think, um, it, I think it looks good. I'm excited. It looks it. good. And it's, it's Joaquin Phoenix. Like, Isn't I'm going to watch. Is that the Apple TV <laughs> release, though? I thought it was a dual release. I thought it was. I mean, Killers of the Flower Moon's Apple, too, but they're doing theatrical. So I assume they'll do theatrical. Are they doing release on the same no. release date? For the... Okay. I don't remember what they did for The Irishman. I feel like it was that the was theaters. Netflix. Yeah, but it was in the theaters to be eligible for award season. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like if it came out first or I don't remember. Yeah. Well, I know I saw the IMAX trailer for Napoleon when I saw Oppenheimer, so I assume that means it's going to be out in IMAX. But I we could double check that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure come to the theaters. I just don't know like what they're going to do for their split for how they break it off for the Apple release. Yeah, I think, and you know, we should probably have researched this, uh, one of us, but I think that, and maybe Netflix doesn't stay true to this, but whatever the kind of COVID, you know, day and date release thing that HBO was doing and then the other ones were doing, I know that there is a window now for most things that have to, I think it's only like 30 days or it's like really short, but there is a window before you can go to streaming if you're releasing theatrical, but that may be different for the actual streamers, but that's for like some of the, because you'll see some of these movies, they'll be out for three weeks in the theaters and then you see them pop up on your, to rent on your streaming while they're still in the theater, you know, which is bizarre. So it's a very short window now compared to what it used to be, but there is a window, at least for most stuff before it can come on streaming. HBO was the leader in that and they were actually doing longer than 30 days. I think they're doing 45 days. Um, others were pushing for like two weeks mm-hmm. and HBO said that's not enough time. And so they kind of led the charge and I think others kind of followed it. I, they might be closer to the 30 day, but I think Paramount did the same thing for 45 days, exclusively theatrical right. release and then let them go streaming. So, yeah, and I know Netflix, especially they're just like, we just want the minimum amount to get eligible for awards. I guess so Jason. So um, that might be different. Um Anything else? I mean, certainly we talk about Killers of the Flower Moon. That's what I'm most oh, excited Wonka. for. Oh, yeah, Wonka. Wonka. Yeah. Timothy, Danielle's directing that. Who is Paul directing King? that? I don't know if you guys know this, but he directed it's one of the Paddington best movies guy, around. Right? Paddington 2. Yeah. You know it, dude. You know it. <laughs> best films around. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a Chalamet fan. I... My wife was like, "He's gonna be terrible at that when she saw the trailer." So I, I'm, I'm hoping he's good. Uh, I wanna, I wanna cheer him on, but I don't know about that movie. But I'll see it. Um, oh, I don't know if that's coming up this year. There's that A24 movie with Nicolas Cage, uh, Dream. The Dream one, yeah. Is that coming out this year? I don't remember. It just dropped the trailer, so I don't know if it's this year or early next year. Yeah, it looks. I mean, it looks good. Um, oh, that's a different one. Never mind. Sorry. It's- I'm shouting out random A24 movies. Yeah, definitely the big ones would be like Killers of the Flower Moon. I know I have less than a month to try to read the book. Um, oh, you're going to read the book? I don't think I'm going to do it. <laughs> Dream scenario. That's what you're thinking Dream of. Dream scenario. I'd like to be able to read it in time, but when I first saw the trailer, like or the teaser, I was trying to just comprehend instead of like you guys said early on, like just appreciate and just like kind of sit in the theater and just enjoy it but like i'm also someone who likes to kind of know what's going on a little bit um 
Did you research Oppenheimer much before that? Not not too much. Like I I got the gist of because that movie there's a lot that i didn't know for sure so and there was based on a book as well yeah i mean there was some in there where i'm like okay so i know what he did but what was like who's robert downey jr yeah yeah exactly there are certain people especially you know the character of robert downey jr who he's i don't know if he i would assume he might get nominated for an oscar he did a very good job in that movie Best supporting, Robert Downey Jr. or Ryan Gosling? Who was your choice? I saw it. I saw it. They were, um, honestly, probably Alan from Barbie is, is my <laughs> Michael is my nod for that. <laughs> he was so good. He was so Best good. Alan. Yeah. That's it. Um, Best Alan. Well, before we move on, one question as we're talking about long movies, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon and stuff. As movie theater guys, would you guys be in favor of bringing back the intermission for anything over like, I don't know, maybe two and a half hours? 10 minutes. Okay. I was wondering that, or I was wondering, does it turn you away from a film seeing the runtime? I mean, not if it's Scorsese or Nolan, but if it's someone else, yes. But I think movies should either be three hours or like under 145. I feel like the, I feel like anywhere from two to 240 is not good. And I'm sure there's some exceptions, but I feel like generally. I'd agree with that. How many good 220 movies I'd are there? Push it. I'd push it further. Not 145. I'd do like 155 or two. Like yeah. hit that two mark. Two. But then everything on like that two to three window is like not quite right. Yes. I feel like there was a while where so many movies were two and over. And then The Greatest Showman came in at like, I think it's like an hour and 40 maybe. And it was kind of like a breath of fresh air because there's a lot more impact. I think that's a great movie. Not to... No comment. derail everything but i think like um a movie that short with that cast and that director and whatever if, if everything lines up i mean i i'm fine with it being that long plus it's a musical i don't need to see a musical past an hour i don't need to see a two-hour musical like at all is. so um good yeah, i'm good i'm good with that actually either make an epic or make a tight yeah two right. hours or under but the intermission deal like if they're getting deterred from uh two and a half three hour three and a half hour long movie you're adding extra time to that like True. is it the amount of time for the day or is it the amount of time to just sit without breaks i'm just like if am i gonna go into this like you know when we get the dune part two and we don't know how long that is yet but am i gonna power through and just be like i'm not you know taking a bathroom break or am i gonna try to strategically get that in you know early and know i'm good the rest of the way so I'd be in favor, but yeah, it might be more attractive to like the diehards like us than the casual because that does add correct even right. more time. That's a good. That's a good point. Well, speaking of have, being able to go to the bathroom during a movie, streaming services when you're at home, what is your guys's? Because I want to get your perspective. Because my mindset on streaming has shifted a lot this year based on the strikes and other things. Um, do you guys think that? The, because we've all, you know, had our juggling of different services and, you know, it's certainly nice to have everything available at your fingertips. Do you think that the state of the industry is similar to how it's been the past few years? Is it getting worse in certain ways, whether it comes to cost or what's available to you? What do you guys think about that? What have you you seen? So much worse. So much worse. What are some examples? Yeah. 
Um, well, I mean, I'm going to steal your bullet point, but this is no my problem with it is your, <laughs> your price increase for every streaming service and everything being individual ratio to content and like new and specific content to that is just unreasonable because the content that you're getting is not exclusive right to that particular content streamer that's they're like recycling yep like across multiple stream platforms the same you shows watch and movies. movies leave one and come on the other you Correct. know on your screen right, right, right. so <laughs> like that that doesn't make it valuable to me because i'm not getting exclusive content anymore i'm just getting it in a particular order so to me i lo- that loses uh, like everything for me there's no point why do i have all these yeah and i kind of have a hard stance with this too and i feel like you and i have been talking about this pretty much this whole year i've canceled almost all of my streaming services i will just continue to keep purchasing my physical copies of the stuff i want to watch and then Netflix, I feel like, is the only one that's actually stepped up for 2023. Everyone else has taken a step or two or three down. I feel like they've been pumping out new, exclusive, original films and TV shows and maintaining their library where it's enough to me to justify the price. And like we're talking about hiking up prices from 50 cents to a dollar and not HBO Max. And um, I can't remember what the other one was. I was trying to hike up like four or five dollars a month. Disney, yeah. Oh, Disney too. Yeah, I dropped that uh, just last month because I got tired of it. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a little I want to get to the it. physical thing in just a minute because I want to talk a lot about that. But um, Jason, what about you? Do you have anything that you're like, I'm always going to keep this streaming service or do you jump back and forth between them? Um, honestly, what I would really like is if there was a membership option where it's just the originals because then I would yeah. get Netflix. You know what I mean? Like if I, because part of the reason I like Netflix was for the originals. I don't think their catalog is that great. I know we've talked about this before, but I think Max has probably the best overall catalog of it like did for a while. It's, shows. It's, See, I would have agreed with you. Yeah. We had this conversation eight, nine months ago. But, but I think if they did like, first off, Netflix, if you ever hear this, Mindhunter season three needs to happen mm. instead of all your stupid reality shows. I will say that constantly. Um, anyways, I, I think it would be beneficial if there was a membership option where it's just the originals. Because I I like Hulu quite a bit. Um, obviously, The Bear is on there. That's one of my favorite shows. Um, Prime, I think they have good content. But honestly, I forget about it. I don't really think about it unless I'm like scrolling on social media and there's a movie recommendation. And it says, hey, this is on Prime. Um and I don't know if that's like a marketing thing on there. And I just don't think about it. Of course, I have Prime Video because pretty much everyone has Amazon Prime, you know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we're, I guess I don't know. Like, I, I think Hulu and HBO are definitely my favorite, but Netflix doesn't really interest me, at least now. I haven't been on Netflix in a couple months. So who knows? I mean, it's October. So like, I like kind of figuring out where all like the horror movies are to get in like the spooky season or whatnot. Yeah. And, and Netflix does have a pretty good catalog for that, but Do I do watch the Mike Flanagan stuff on there. Um, I think of Hill House and those. 
Oh, that's him. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. He's got a new show coming. This I saw. I might jump back on Netflix. Honestly, he has like House of Usher or something. That's like the one. That. Yep, coming out in yeah. a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, but speaking those of, are good. Real quick, you mentioned Mindhunter. David Fincher has another movie coming out this year, this fall too. Um, mm-hmm. The Killer. Um, so that looks mm-hmm. that looks like a good one. That's a Netflix, I believe. Um, I thought it was no. It, I think it is just Netflix. Michael yeah. Fassbender. Fassbender. So I'm excited for that one. Um, yeah, I, I've made a hard pivot, and Cam's been ahead of me on this for years, uh, but I've made a hard pivot to physical when it comes to movies. Any movie I feel like I'm going to want to rewatch more than once in the next you know, 20 years, I'm like, I'm just going to buy it, um, whether on, and you can get really great deals. I send Cam all these stacks that I find for $3 a piece on eBay or wherever else, so it's been Heck kind yeah. of fun. Um, so I'm trying to get to the point, you know, for the longest time I was always, you know, I was a big kind of, advocate of hbo max and like that's the best one and it's the one i am always going to keep and then i'll just rotate the other ones i haven't canceled it yet but i think i'm going to try to get to the point of movies i'm watching mostly physical and it's just for the shows that i want to watch because those you know as they're released it's the only place you can watch them Mm -hmm. um when they're coming out so but i don't know if there's a big hbo show coming out you know between now and house of the dragon that i'm gonna care about now this succession's over so that may cause me to jump off there for a while too so i'm trying to get down to the point of yeah one maybe one a month and then cancel um you know so rotate between right now i have i still have max and then we did do hulu disney bundle before um only murders in the building and i've been watching ahsoka as well which i don't know if that's worth it but um so i'm not quite there yet but i'm trying to get to the point of really cutting those those streamers off and just getting more and more physical because the other thing about it is and cam you know this um literally the quality is better for a physical disc than a streaming even if they say it's streamed in 4k or whatever like there's there's compression these all these all these other things that happen and you're reliant on you know your connection as well or mostly Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is just what's available for a couple months on one streamer and then goes to the other so um cam i mean you've been been a pioneer on this for a long time what are how did your physical collection come about and how have you been kind of maintaining and growing it? Well, let's see. Anytime there's a sale, I just grab. (laughs) No, I feel like the, my priority is always like the films that I would like, I would want, I have someone that I think should see this movie or I think would be good or something I'm worth watching. If it's that type of movie, I'm getting it. And because there's no pressure, I'm usually getting them on sale so I can collect and not waste a fortune on them. But I have, I mean, you saw my <laughs> stack of movies, I don't know, three, four years ago. It's large. Um, and then the shows are just ones that I feel like really compelled and into owning and, and on having on hand. My show collection, I think, is less. It's priority in movies for sure. Yeah, but that's kind of how I do it. I, I go into like what I think is worthwhile or, or something. Even sometimes, sometimes I get some movies. I'm like, if Josiah comes to my house and I don't have this physical movie, he's gonna It'll absolutely rail me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to catch up with you for sure. Trying to. I'm not like a completist yet or anything, but there are certain collections or directors or whatever that I want to, um, to have. And the difference between like you know Blu-ray and 4K and stuff is a, is a whole nother thing, but. Um, I do have a 4k player, so that's, that's nice as well. Um, 
And part of it too was, you know, between kind of all the talks about what was going on with the strikes and stuff and just anxiety around streaming. I'm certainly don't have a big enough collection to be like, this is a, you know, historical thing or whatever, but there is some concern of like relying on these corporations to make these things available for us on streaming. Like who knows if that's going to last forever. So like, if you really want something, make sure that you own it and aren't, you know, reliant on any corporation to let you watch it. Even if you have bought it on Amazon, there's no guarantee that that's going to stay there for you, you know? So, um, bought it on Amazon streaming. I mean, so that's a, that's another part of it. And that has led me also to be kind of researching and ranting a little bit about, as we talk about streamers releasing movies or these TV shows, are they even giving physical releases? And they've, there's been some in recent months that have come out, for example, Disney is like releasing um, Loki and Andor and like some of their stuff that had come out years ago and had never got a physical release. Right. I purchased from China through eBay Rings of Power season one so that I could watch have it and not give Amazon $15.99 a month to be able to watch it whenever I want to. And I didn't think it was going to be good quality. It's actually very good quality. I think it's someone just probably ripped it from their stream and put it on a disc, but it it looks great. Um, it does have Chinese subtitles that I can't get rid of, but it's what, you know, it's what I have to deal with. So I did the same thing for Andor and then they announced a release. So hopefully all these places will come out with those, but that's another thing. It's like they want, you know, who's owning these things. And that's a whole nother problem for the people that are creating these things, not knowing if their show is going to, you know, remain on the service or get deleted or just disappear. So there's a lot going on there that's bigger than we can probably solve tonight. But um, that's, that's a little bit of kind of what led me to be like, this is how I want to, you know, maintain my entertainment life moving forward is this collection. So I've got a lot of space to go. Definitely going to be some, some Christmas sales. I'm going to be shopping. And there's also, you know, I try, I try to just get the discs. I'm not going for like collector's edition stuff too much, but if I do see something nice, that is a movie I really care about for whatever reason, then maybe I'll go that way if the price is right. So yeah, if you guys are I looking think for something that, I think to get you me for Christmas. It. Yeah. I think you hit on the head though, with that ownership, right? You have no ownership unless you have the physical copies and that sound quality is just not the same. That's what mm -hmm. they compress first for any streaming. They just compress it. And I'm not talking about like a zip file. Like they reduce it by like 90%. Like it's the biggest size that they're reducing. So they obviously remove that because they have a streaming portfolio that holds thousands of shows and movies. So, okay. You guys have motivated me to, definitely pick up my physical copy game a bit because like i'm looking now I have, I have boxes i have boxes of all the dvds that that i've collected over the years um but i was just remembering like years ago my brother he was almost saying what you guys were saying where he's like i'd rather have a dvd of it because who knows if like the streaming services just go to crap or whatever and i'm like at the time i was like dude this is stupid it's so convenient because i can just click boom and go but like the more I look into it, the more I listen to what you guys are saying. Like it makes sense in a lot of ways to just have a physical copy. Plus like there's a different level of appreciation. Like you guys said, ownership, like I, boom, like I have this, like this is mine, you know? Um, so I don't know if my wife is going to hear this, but I will be purchasing. I mean, I, I, I look on eBay every once in a while for yeah. stuff anyways, but um, I'm sure once I finish unpacking, 
and organizing some movies i'll i'll definitely add to my add to my game a bit yeah there's there's plenty of people selling on ebay they'll just put like lots of hundreds of them and you can pick and choose so that's fun and they're like three dollars a piece yeah and um, jason you like the horror films and they always have bundles of horror films yeah they're always box sets too like i have the box set of friday the 13th which i'm probably never gonna watch <laughs> But I mean, I've seen it. You look so. But if cool. you want to, you got it. Yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> plus, like here, okay, kind of going off that, then we could move on. I'm sorry. I was watching all the Daniel Craig Bonds, um, probably like the last month or so, and they were all on Amazon Prime. So I'm watching Casino Royale, and then I had wait a couple of days because I got busy, or we were busy, and then I turned on um, Quantum of Solace. That was still on there, and then at the time, everything was free. The next day. Like they were all like three bucks each. And I'm like, okay, this isn't cool. Like, sure. It's like $3. I can just click it, whatever. But I mean, if I had the physical copies, I would, I'd be good. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, streaming. I mean, we all kind of have been around for the launch of this thing. And now that it's been going for like, I don't know, 10 years or however long it's like, I felt the same thing with, with Spotify and I don't, you know, have as nearly as big of a, of a music, taste or libraries I do for movies, but I was like, Spotify seems convenient, you know, premium paying 10.99 a month, you know, for, it's like for anything you want to listen to, but that adds up over 10 years of having Spotify premium, you know, and I've paid like a thousand dollars to Spotify. It's like, I could have just bought every album that I ever care to listen to and had them, you know? So I haven't figured out actually how to do that yet. It's a little more complicated digitally with music, but I did cancel. Um, and I'm trying to do the same thing with, with the streaming services because it's like they seem convenient month to month, but as the years go by and the money adds up, it's like you could really build up a nice collection with that with that money. So um, yeah, it's fun. I'll, I'll look forward to just sending you guys different stacks of, of Blu-rays that I get uh, moving forward. So um, shall we talk a bit about the franchises and how they're doing? Um, what, is there anything that you guys have been, watching or excited about recently in franchise world i know i put mcu on here first but actually no let me ask this question that i have um in the next three to five years what franchise and we'll try to pick between you know some of the biggest ones but if you want to be creative that's good too what franchise would you be most confident in if they like announce a new movie that's a you know a big one event type movie that it would be successful and also good what franchise do you feel the best about moving forward um damn you can go first <laughs> i'll start with my ones i'm not confident in. yeah there we go um not confident in mcu not confident in dc definitely not confident in star wars the best idea the best answer i could come up with for this was mission impossible and they <laughs> yes, absolutely yes, screwed that's great. the release uh, schedule of their own film this summer and handicapped themselves when it comes to box office but it was still good and there's another one coming, but I don't know why they decided to release it two weeks before Oppenheimer and Barbie. That was that was insane. But as far as quality goes, I I that's about the only one I feel good about. I guess John Wick, but we'll see if that's but John Wick's gonna have a crutch because they're trying to rip. They're trying to rip off it. You got spin-offs coming for shows or potential movie, mm-hmm. and that's gonna impact the main franchise. Yeah, I guess I should say Dune as well, but that's I'm I'm projecting further out, you know, and maybe there'll Mm -hmm. be another one. But 
and that even you know who knows what the box office will be for that so if we're being honest i i, I think my excitement is for rings of power although i rated it double the <laughs> least when we reviewed that on our last podcast <laughs> but that was because i have high expectations yep. but as the people kind of behind amazon like the funding and and like kind of the excitement from them talking since then ongoing through now they're going forward with their seasons they know how they want to wrap up like they have a plan so i kind of want to just get excited for it because it's lord of the rings and like back them up on it they have a plan of like hold fast for season two and hope for a, a much better display i think they can do it they have certainly have the money for it but i don't know maybe that's my maybe that's my my hope my most confident one yeah. And but, then, I mean, you do have, you know, if you want to look at Lord of the Rings as a whole, there's, and it's hard to know because there's no, we don't have any evidence to go off of, of who's making these things for movies, but you know, there, there have been rights that have been sold and then there's going to be that animated War of the Rohirrim movie as well. I think next year, next year, um, next fall. So yeah. without I'll knowing first anything in line about, for that. yeah, without knowing anything about, they have no kind of track record to, for us to bank on. But I mean, when I think about Star Wars, which, you know, what five years ago I would have said I feel like the best about and then Rise of Skywalker happened and then the shows have been very hit or miss if I don't know how many Star Wars movies have been announced and canned in the last three years but there's been like more than you can count on one hand all and a lot by like prominent directors so I have no faith in whatever next theatrical movie that is and how long it will be until that happens even yeah, Star Wars lost it for me too because of the one particular one they canned was Zack Snyder's like half complete film for an entry into the Star Wars film. I don't know if you saw that. So is that when he then made that other that new movie that's coming out? It's the same movie. He just changed the title. He kept okay. everything else. I appreciate him so much for doing it. Yeah. It's a Star Wars movie. It just doesn't have George Lucas in front of it. It's literally like he kept everything, lightsabers and guns and all of it. Yeah. I mean, I like some of the things they've announced, but I don't have any confidence in the execution. But yeah, I mean, the reason I asked that question was just to say, I think you guys proved my point, which is I don't think that there's anything compared to MCU, you know, pre endgame or anything like that. There's nothing really to have a lot of confidence in. So we can dive into these a little bit more specifically, but I mean, the MCU has been on top for 10 years now and is or 15 years and has really really trailed off and we can talk about some specifics if you want um where are we exactly and what is there what are we moving to do you guys have a sense of that and we can keep i want to talk about spider-verse a bit but we can keep that separate from the you know the mcu as a whole but phase five phase five yeah Dude, I don't even know. Like, if you want me to be completely transparent, like, I um, I just had my buddy on uh, my podcast. His episode came out, his most recent one, and we talked a little. We kind of like wrapped up with like Marvel or like MCU movies and TV shows, and like we were going down the list, and it just seems so confusing. Like, sure, there's delays and whatnot, but like if you look at there's so many TV shows that like you have to ask, do we even need this? Like, do we need Agatha? Do we need Echo? 
Um, I'm out on I, all the TV shows. Uh, maybe I'll yeah, watch Loki like, season two I, after it all comes out, but otherwise I have not been watching. I honestly think like if Loki season two doesn't give us any hope or show us anything about what's ahead, then I don't, I think that's the only thing that's like keeping me in it. Um, because we have, like, if you go back into when was, she, okay, here we go. So phase four, Black Widow, probably didn't need that. Cool, whatever. Right. Um, Shang-Chi I thought was awesome, but he's nowhere to be found in any references. <laughs> no yeah. post credits, nowhere. And I'm not trying to like go right in. Eternals could have been a TV show, whoop-de-doo. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home, I really liked, but also there's like the nostalgia of it. I just feel like we're just coming out with, like movies and TV shows just to do it, to keep people engaged, but there's no, like, like we're getting closer to the Kang dynasty, which at this point, we don't even know what that is, but nothing is, I, I don't really know where they're going. I feel like they're spending so much time dishing out content that they're not even thinking about no pun intended, the end game of it, or like where everything's going to connect. Like I'm excited for a couple of things. Like Deadpool three is going to be fun. I don't see how that fits into any thing really. Maybe Secret Wars. Um, Thunderbolts is going to be probably like a cool whatever one off. Blade. Don't even know. Um, Did either of you guys watch that Secret Evasion show? No. Yeah, I heard it was not good. I didn't want to watch it though. But what I'm concerned about is like we're still waiting on some type of announcement for fantastic four and sure the strike was going on but there's i'm assuming that's supposed to be a pretty like pivotal film and i'm hoping a reference comes up within the next couple movies or something but i don't know i'm just not excited i saw him in the one uh dr strange oh and he looks like string cheese or whatever and he just gets pulled apart i don't know i just don't think I don't mean to like take everything out. I'm sorry, but um, I just, I don't even know where we're going. I don't know what's happening. And sure, you can look at it from a standpoint where there was like 17 or 18 movies before Endgame, but like you could at least see this is what it's getting closer to. Um, phase four, I think, was just there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you don't have to apologize to me. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Cam knows that. <laughs> I was going to say, I, Jason's kind of starting to sound like a Josiah right I now. I will say... I'm, I've mentioned this a couple times. Sorry, Josiah, in my episode, I was like, hey, my buddy Josiah has said this for years. It's definitely well, quantity did, over quality. They did, because I was like, in like phase two, I was like, I'm kind of sick of this. And I loved a lot of the movies in phase three, which would be like the Black Panther, Thor, Ragnarok, Civil War, Infinity War um, run, and Civil War I liked too. So they kind of wrote me back in there. And then now it's just all kind of falling off a cliff. So Cam, I mean, you can, you know, share whatever you think about where we're at, but if you, if Kevin Feige calls you up and is like, what we should, what should we do? Like everything's on the table. Do we want to reset the whole universe? Do we want to yeah, go just fantastic Four and X-Men? Like what, where would you, what could they do to kind of give you something to be excited about moving forward? Mm, fantastic Four and X-Men for yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't want a full reset because what they're going to do is they're going to try to repeat the process with more or less characters that kind of fit the mold. They're going to kind of try to piece stuff back together. And I think what you need is just fresh. You just need something exciting, something fresh. You stop trying to tie in and make everything work. 
just make them a separate world or something. There's separate no reason. Like we ask, don't. Yeah. yeah, like we got the multiverse. That's okay. That doesn't mean it has to all be connected. But they keep trying to push that and explain it through different ways. So they're trying too hard. I think they're trying way too hard. I think we need to we need to just go back to the excitement of these characters and seeing them on the big screen. And I don't think we can do that if we're having to think before we even get to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the one thing that I was somewhat excited about of the future of the MCU was Jonathan Majors, and I uh, can't say I'm as big of a fan of, of him anymore as I was before that movie came out, so um, not due to the performance in the in the film, but we don't have to get into that. Um, a lot of alleged conduct. Um, we'll see what happens with with him, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be, it'd be cool to see a Fantastic Four and X-Men stuff. I do think, like you said, it should be separate from the MCU I mean, it could be called MC or whatever, but separate from whatever timeline we're on currently. And yeah, I mean, whatever, if they're building towards some sort of team up movie. Right. That would know. be your finale. That would be your Infinity War Endgame. Like you'd have a two part end series where they mash up together and you get to see them all together for that. And then they split off. Right. So then trying it's less upkeep. Like that's your finale because everything right now is everything could be connected. And like it, there's like, it's kind of, it's fizzling already. Like what else is there? If everything can happen already kind of between universes, what's our, like, what's our exciting conclusion? Where do we, where do we go from there? You know? Yeah. It did feel like we, I think we might've talked about this last time, but it did feel like we saw the same movie like three times, which is the like, accidentally open a portal to the to the multiverse and then do a little couple couple little things but nothing really changes moving forward so i mean guardians 3 was was pretty good i would say um is that the last one that came out i I think think, so yeah and then it'll be marvels uh marvels comes out a couple months and i don't even know what's coming after that um deadpool 3 is scheduled for may of 2024 but then July of 2024 would be Captain America Brave New World. I don't know if that's supposed to be kind of like the start of something big. I'm, I'm not sure. Honestly, phase five is... That's your reset, right? That's where you start getting... That's what they're trying to do now. now I think you have so. The Falcon step into Captain America role, which again, is fine. Like I, I don't mind the representation and I don't mind doing that, but it's just feeling more or less the same thing over and over. Wouldn't it be better just to have a him be his own guy and not Captain America? Uh, I'm not a comics guy. I mean, you know, (laughs) forgive me, but. And then, yeah, you, we mentioned last time, like, yeah, there's a, someone doing like the pseudo Iron Man. And then um, I guess we have, who knows what the Black Panther and other, you know, it'd be, there's so many superheroes. I think I would think you could just not put different people in the same name, but who knows? Um, yeah, so I'm I'm about as out as I can be. We'll see if something good comes along that I want to watch, but I have no plans at this point to to re-engage in the MCU. Maybe I'll just watch from afar and then get your guys' updates next time we have this have our franchise fail to check in. But there's not much coming out either. So I want to segue, unless you guys have anything else on the MCU, to DC, and maybe we could spend a little more time on this than we usually do, because my question is. They are now trying to like launch their own, you know, extended universe of some sort with James Gunn leading everything. And they've kind of cut off every, um, you know, Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot and everybody else. 
So they're kind of doing fresh start uh, for, for Breeze Brothers. And my question is, do people want to have to learn, um, you know, go along with a whole nother, not that it would be as long as the MCU or as many films, but even if it's four or five movies, is that, are they too light, you know, in this, did this trend come and go and now they're going to try to do it, but it's already been, been done and been done better than what they can do. Do you guys think? I'm not sure. Uh, so was Blue Beetle, that was James Gunn's first movie released. I think the... that was already done before he got that. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I don't think his hands were super on that one. I okay. know he's making a super hand movie. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I, honestly, I think the DC is just there. It's confusing because you have the separate, I guess, quote unquote universes with, um, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and then you have obviously Robert Pattinson's Batman. But then if you have the, the DCEU, um, it was Batflack, but I'm not sure. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm along for the, here, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> what do you say to me? I said, help us out. You're our DC guy. <laughs> I'm your DC guy. Um, so can it be both? Can it be too late? And can I also have faith in James sure. Gunn? Because that's kind of where I'm at. I think it's too late if they're trying to do the same thing. And here's here's my point where I'd probably write it off altogether and say, no, we don't want this. We don't want them all interconnected. That's not what we want. We like the separated films and movies, the Suicide Squads, the Batman, like those kind of things breaking away from each other. Uh, more concentration on to just making good movies with having good directors behind them. But where I think it could be cool is if they're, they're still kind of broken apart, but have a little bit more of a direction. I think that's what they're lacking. And I think if a person can put together a good direction, I think it's James Gunn, because if we look at the guardians, one, two, three, although people try to give flack to number two, I think if you rewatch it, in order one two and three together i think you're seeing a lot of actually very dynamic interesting character progression that's evenly spread out across characters that you didn't think you'd give a crap about and to then like start the story with characters and like he had a plan from one right from the get-go to then end number three with kind of that sense of conclusion if you're able to do something like that, right, with the DC Universe, one, one, two, three, four, five films, and then stop, cap it, and then roll to another story, I think it's cool. If they're trying to build a multiverse of what Marvel's doing, I think it's a bad idea. But I kind of hope James Gunn knows that. I just don't know if he has enough power to not do it. They'll see the money grab and see that they're making piss poor movies and still making <laughs> millions of dollars. So, Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess... The Flash was kind of that in a way, like with the multiverse and stuff, but I don't know how much of that's going to carry over into the future as well. Um, You mentioned, you know, like the standalones, Batman, Joker. Those are the ones, I mean, to a lesser extent, Joker for me, but the Batman would be the one that like, I'm pretty excited about whatever the next one to come there is. So I think for that, I would be, I'd be more interested in, I didn't love Man of Steel, but I'd be more interested in a standalone 
Superman movie of some sort, or like you said, Cam, like a trilogy that's just focused on that character instead of that. And then two other characters and then they team up in the third one type thing. So um, that's where I'm, I guess, yeah, excited about whatever comes with the Batman. I guess we have the Joker featuring Lady Gaga next year. So that'll be, that should be interesting. Well, it's supposed to be like a musical. I think they announced recently mm-hmm. it's going to be more of a musical than originally um, mentioned. So yeah, I don't know, um, but I'm, ex- I'm still going to see it. I love the first one. So, well, good luck to them um, over there in mm-hmm. in DC DC land. Um, Star Wars, we've already talked about some as far as with the movies and stuff. If you guys have any takes, let me know. I'll just say I have been watching Ahsoka. Mixed results for me. Um, it's it's okay. Um, I don't love, and I don't want to, I guess, spoil too much, but it does feel like all these shows, with the exception of Andor are just, in my opinion, the bad type of fan service where it's just like, let's show, let's show you Hayden Christensen as Anakin. Let's show you CGI Luke Skywalker, just because you know who he is and want more of that character, even though maybe we don't need to know more about that character in the gaps that are there um, for me. So I know a lot of, a lot of people get excited about that and I'm happy for them, but for me, like Andor is the one thing, really the only thing that Star Wars has made since The Last Jedi that I feel excited about. So it's really, really gone off a cliff for me with the exception of that um, from Rise of Skywalker through some of the shows. I mean, I liked Mandalorian at first, but season three wasn't it for me either. Um, some cool stuff like visions and things like that, but I don't know what all is planned the Star Wars, I like the Star Wars universe. So, like, when stuff gets announced, it all like sounds cool to me. But then, a lot of times, an execution is just like not what I not what I wanted. Andor is is a miracle, and I'm excited about season two, and glad we had the first one. But that's that's where I'm at. That's my start. Get my Star Wars stuff off my chest. Would you say you like something a little more kind of original and unique in a take instead of like kind of basing like. Ahsoka's definitely got like the nostalgia of, like you said, bringing Anakin in or having, you know, references to the Clone Wars and stuff. So people can kind of bank off of that. Would you rather prefer something? Because Andor is definitely more original. Yeah. Ahsoka is an extension of the animated shows, which I've watched some of kind of, I've just watched like the episodes that people say you need to watch. Um, So I know people love those. And as a fulfillment of that, I'm sure it's, it's great for them. Yeah, for me, the, I mean, like last, Rogue One to an extent and then Last Jedi and Andor are the things that Disney's done in Star Wars that I've been really excited about. And they've all been like something we haven't seen before in Star Wars as opposed to just like, here's the thing that you've seen before and you love, we'll just do it again, but worse, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, so that's, I don't think that Star Wars is going to be doing a lot of groundbreaking stuff moving forward with those exceptions. So that's where... I'm kind of out. I'm like, I've seen the best and this is just taking away from the stuff that I did like in a lot of ways. Like I've talked to you guys about Obi-Wan before, like sounded cool at at that moment, but I'm like, it's weird to me that they're trying to make Anakin Skywalker, like after he became Darth Vader, still seem sympathetic in the, in the meantime, (laughs) you know, like there's no, 
he gets redeemed in the end, but like there has to be that everything that he was doing as Darth Vader instead of just like, here's our guy, Hayden Christensen, you should still love him. I'm like, no. <laughs> we had a whole trilogy to figure this thing out. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to the movies, like I guess there's talks about Dave Filoni doing a kind of, you know, end game type like Mandalorian combined with Ahsoka and like a team up type thing pre episode seven, I think it would be. Um, because all their stuff is in that timeline. I have I mean, maybe it would be cool in some ways. I'd as far as an actual movie, I don't think that it would be good, but of course I'll see it. You know me. I'm a sucker. When it comes to the Star Wars, at least uh, like some of the more recent releases, do you prefer do you prefer film or the TV shows? Um, yeah, those like Ahsoka. Are... Do you think Ahsoka could have been made into a movie eh. or Kenobi for that matter? Kenobi, I would have liked better as a movie, I think. But I just think, why did I think adding them meeting again between episode three and four is kind of insane that they did that, and it kind of takes away a lot from. <laughs> Like it, I get that they could kind of fit it in by the letter of the, of the lines on the page. Like as far as didn't say when they met before, but I feel like that was just, and then nothing really came of it. I guess Obi Wan got more closure, but I would I would have rather had him just get that sitting in the desert. So, I mean, I think Star Wars is best when it's on the big screen, um, and that's what they need to be. I think that they've after the whole Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker thing, they've been too scared to make another movie, and that's led to them canceling everything. But, I mean, I, w- I prefer, I would say Solo, which is not one of the best of those movies, I would still probably prefer that as a kind of swing and something to watch than like what we've got from Ahsoka so far or late season Mandalorian or Book of, for sure, than Book of Boba Fett, you know, like, so... I'd rather them go for that, but it also has to be worth, like the story has to be significant enough to make a Star Wars movie. If we have 20 Star Wars movies, but they're about, you know, random stuff. I don't know if that's what I want either. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of good that there are only nine plus the two because they have that gravity to them still. But they need to, I mean, that's where they need to get back to is they, and it shouldn't be like, I guess there maybe is going to be another Ray movie eventually. Um, I don't know. But either shut it down or make a good movie. That's what I say. That's fair. Um, well, yeah, that's Star Wars. I mean, we mentioned like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones a little bit. Cam, anything else? Any comments on those one, those franchises or any other franchises you're kind of kind of watching moving forward? There's one franchise I'm watching that I'm on alone. I'm on an island. Twilight. It's, a, it's, it's the boys. <laughs> the boys? I've yeah. watched uh, some oh. of the boys. Are you watching the spinoff? Yeah, of course. Good. Is it good? Mm, I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't watched the boys. I've been meaning to get around to it. A particular um, show. It's not for everyone. But that's what I like about it. They're doing I think something. I would enjoy it. It's for yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. for me. Like they're they're doing they're they know what they're doing and they're sticking to it and I think I almost appreciate that more than anything else. They know what it is and they're gonna stick to it. 
I think some other franchises should probably take a take an eyeball off that and maybe copy it. I don't know. Yeah. Not copy that specifically, just copy, you know, like doing your thing. Not getting don't complicate it. I would agree with that. Um good. Well that's I mean that's where we're at. Like we said, there's kind of a dead zone right now with a lot of the franchise stuff. We'll see where it goes from here. Certainly there was, you know, there are the it was a big summer for some of the legacy kind of sequel stuff. We already mentioned Mission Impossible, um, Indiana Jones, which was okay, um, better than the Crystal Skull, it was at least, but it was also, I don't know. I, I had a fine time with it. Um, trying to think what else there was, but we'll see, I guess, what next year holds. Um, certainly still June 2 is on the radar and kind of the biggest thing um that I'm looking forward to when it comes to to franchise movies. Um, before we go, I did want to ask you guys this because a lot of time any of these movies come out, sp- superhero movies specifically, they'll say there's been a lot of people saying like, oh, that was the best since Endgame. Like since Endgame has been like the kind of latest thing to to hold everything to. And it's been really interesting to see kind of that as the mark of transition where everything that came after that has been in a different kind of world than that, which was of course the peak of 20 something movies. So I want to ask you guys, and I don't know if you have your own list or we can maybe create a list together, just like what are the best, maybe three, I don't know if there, we can even come up with five um, top three superhero movies since Endgame. So Endgame came out spring of 2019 real quick before I get to that Endgame or infinity war, which one do you guys think is better? I remember asking you, okay. I think, right? Like <laughs> a, a day, <laughs> no, well, I, I texted you separately uh, a okay. day after Endgame came out. And I think at the time we didn't have the same answer. And I think now we do. Um, yeah, I think I might be on the same board. I told Josiah no, because I like to argue with him. <laughs> okay. But I well, think he's two, right three, again. Infinity War. Infinity, Infinity War. War, yeah. Um, uh, let me oh, say oh, this. Like- and sorry, Jason. Um because I was thinking about this, I, I did like Infinity more, more just because of the the pace of it and everything that it was just so different than everything else. Endgame came in 2019, and there were three big franchises all ending at the same time in 2019. I remember talking to you about this, Cam, and we were like, what are you most excited for? Like Marvel is peaking, Game of Thrones has their final season, and Star Wars had episode nine that same year. Right. And I was like, which one do I care about most? Like Star Wars needs to nail it, Game of Thrones needs to nail it, Endgame, like I don't care as much about marvel endgame in the context of those looks incredible (laughs) it's the only one that like they did stick the landing like it's maybe more predictable so not my favorite but compared to those like there's something to be said about just sticking the landing on something and doing it in a really satisfying way which i do think endgame does for sure yeah and i think maybe it's over heightened too in the same way of like uh the no way home for spider-man like i think like you get some of those nods and like Obviously, it's a much better film than that. I just mean like some of the nods, like that's one where they 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 sat out like the ending they were going to. They did it, and then they also gave a nod to like some of the fans, right? Like with some of the stuff with some of the characters coming, and and so they did do some appeal and appeasing to the fans, but still doing a good job. Yeah, it's probably the best version of that. Is it is that type of movie my favorite? Maybe not necessarily, but it's probably the best version of that we've definitely seen. Right. right. <laughs> Sorry, Jason, whatever you're going to say. Oh, I was going to say the reason, like, I'm looking back on it and 
and breaking it down. Like Infinity War, I really liked because it was the first one where the good guys didn't win. Like that was like the big take, not the big takeaway, but I mean, that was one where it's like, dude, for 17, 18 movies, the good guys always come out on top. It's like, well, you lost, you know, half of existence, whatever. Um, And then it was kind of like, all right, where do we go from here? So like, I I think I liked, I liked the beginning of Endgame to kind of see like how, all right, what are our steps to kind of get Mm -hmm. back to that? Um, And then of course, Endgame was so cool with like seeing everybody come back and like, oh, here comes Peter Parker coming in with everyone. Um, I just think Infinity War had more of like a, it was more suspenseful ultimately because you're like, all right, everyone's separated and then cap comes back and then all these things and then you know the fight scenes on the different planets whatever and then boom they lost yeah and so I think you get that more was thanos um in infinity war which or at least him introducing himself and being the yeah the best villain that they've you know probably done too so yeah i but agree since endgame i don't let me pull up the list or if you guys have what do you guys think of when you think of movies in the last superhero movies in the last five years? I got I got the list too. We can you guys have your own list of three or do we want to do it together? No. Oh, I was gonna say I have the list of the okay. movies that came out after well, that. That's, uh... Oh, I have a list of movies that okay, I'm great. writing. Okay. I will propose and this doesn't have to be in any order. I think Across the Spider-Verse, which came out this summer, should be on the list of top three. For sure. Oh, I don't even have I didn't even think of that on boy, here because boy. it was it was animated, okay? Speaking of a part one of two, um, and a kind of cliffhanger ending in a way, um, that was really good. Not Maybe not quite as good as the first one, but as far as what we're working with here, I think it's a no-brainer to be on there. My second nominee would be the Batman. Yep, that's on mine, top three. Which we talked about in our first you- franchise films, I believe. And Better put a good one on for that last one, dude. Or I'm gonna be pissed. I don't. I have a list of a few, uh, but I don't know. I'm open to your guys' suggestions on that. I don't have a. Those two are above the rest for me. I have a very clear winner for me personally. What I feel like was okay. like the best superhero movie since Infinity War slash Endgame. You think it's number one? Uh, kinda. What Venom? Let there be carnage. Guardians three. Okay. Damn it. Uh, okay. I think that that's a legitimate um, take and argument. Let me write it down. And maybe we will land on that. Let's look at some other nominees. Um, um got Black Panther. I think two. Black Panther mm-hmm. two. Yeah. I have it as a nominee as well. Um, Jason, you kind of hated on this movie earlier in the pod, and I don't think it's better than those two, but. When we look Thor, at Love Marvel, and Thunder? No, when we when we look at the Marvel releases, <laughs> are we sure Eternals wasn't ahead of its time in a way? Dude, I, I need what to watch was going again. on? I don't I, know. Okay, but... maybe maybe I need to watch it again. But I feel like, like I said, um, when I we feel were like it about, stands like, out from the rest, like just because it was so different, and I think I think, I, it... I think I respect it more than I did at the moment. I think it was one of the ones where you have this group of new heroes or I mean new superheroes, whatever. And I was more so just trying to comprehend like who is everybody and trying to see like, like where, what their roles yeah. were. Yeah. I mean, sort of, um, I mean, visually it was cool. It was fun, but I feel like it didn't really, it didn't 
bring me anything. I'm kind of like reaching here. I didn't like really like it that much at the time, but when I look back on it, I'm like, that was something so different where I feel like if that had worked better and maybe it was just the, we weren't ready for it in a way that could have been a little bit of a new direction for the MCU compared to just more and more of the same. Yeah. I think I'll rewatch it. Cause there is that, there is that appreciation of like, this is different. You can just tell Josiah, no, you don't have to Again, listen to him, man. I'm just, no, I'm not, I'm not changing my mind. I'm just saying like, I, I, I could, I've only watched it once. So probably um, enough times. <clears throat> plus it was long. And I was, was like, long. this whole, the whole, like, I don't even know what was going on in the first five minutes. So I had to sit through, not know what's going on for two hours. Um, I'll, I'll rewatch it, <laughs> but like, I, I, I still, I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah. Um, uh, Oppenheimer, a better portrayal of the nuclear bomb than Eternals. I'll say that much. See, I didn't even know there was. Remember that scene? Eternals. Oh man, that was rough. He like somehow Maybe. was responsible for giving them the technology. Brian Tyree Henry's character. Oh, honey. Oh, um, hi, Joanne. Um, I gotta think. I was giving her the kill switch to shut her mouth, then <laughs> she talks louder. You have a mute button. Um. And other nominees. I, I have say... a nominee. Okay, go ahead. Well, you go first because I'm going to shock the world. Okay. Birds of Prey was not bad. Oh, that's true. That was okay. Yeah. It was not. Wait, so this is past Endgame, right? Yeah, since 2019. Birds of Prey was pretty fun. One of the last movies I saw in theaters pre-COVID. Ready for mine? Yeah. That I think, honestly, top five for sure. Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. That, the Suicide Squad. Yeah, you want to talk about a movie that's doing stuff differently and it's actually kind of working? That movie. Like, it makes fun of itself and also does, like, a good job at your characters being, like, pieces of crap. But then for some reason, you start kind of feeling bad for the stuff that's happening to them. But then they're still bad guys and they still, at the end of the day, like, will walk away. <laughs> they're still going to end up not being a hero. I, I, I don't know. And, like, they did some funny characters like Polka Dot Man and like <laughs> your weird, like accidentally like killing people. And I don't know. I feel like this might be borderline because I also think they did a really good job with the Peacemaker TV show. But I feel like that kind of vibe, the whole movie was consistent. It was doing something different from the DC and the Marvel Universe. It was fresh and you didn't honestly know what to expect. Going that was it. James Gunn too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm a James Gunn fan. I, <laughs> no, think I he... know. Okay, I wasn't attacking you. I'm doing a director's club on him just for you. I'll Thanks. You back all the time. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, I liked it um, a lot better than most DC stuff, and I think partially it was it came out. It was one of those HBO direct releases, so I saw it at home. So maybe that. But it, I mean, I think probably top five. I think I would agree. Um, since 2019, the only other one I had on here, you guys can feel free to add. Um, and this is probably not technically in the category, but it was on one of the lists I looked at. Um, do you guys watch the old guard on Netflix? Yeah, with Charlie's? That, was a, that was a comic book. Yeah. That I was not aware of until the movie came out. Pretty good. As far as Netflix, uh, originals go, I, I enjoyed it. Oh, I enjoyed it. That was a good movie. I thought they did a good job. I think it's supposed to be a second one eventually too. Mm-hmm. So that's as far um, as I got. I think Wakanda Forever or Guardians are the probably best nominees for the three spot. But yeah, I think Suicide Squad, 
So there's been some decent stuff, but I think I was just trying to get to the point of it's been it's been pretty rough out well, here. Yeah, that's four years, man. Mm-hmm. And we we are like I I think that list is probably it. Like I don't think I'd put anything else as contenders. Does the Joker count? I don't remember when in the year it came out. I think it was after. It was October of 2019. Yeah. So kind of, but also I don't know if it like put an asterisk next to it. Sure. We'll mention it. So what would you say? So if we say for sure across Spider-Verse and Batman, so those are both, you know, not MCU movies. So what would you guys, we'll give the three spot to an MCU movie. Which one do you think it should be? We didn't mention No Way Home. I am on the record as thinking that movie was not as good as people said because it was just the fan reaction of the of the team up rather than the movie itself i don't think the movie itself works very well but i know people had a good time with it as well um that guardians black panther black panther black widow shang chi so i so i did like black widow but it's not like but it was also like um summer of 2020 and so like there was nothing new to watch and it just dropped on netflix or on disney or whatever so i think we were all just like excited talk about a movie that was just too late and at the wrong terrible terrible time yeah it like that would have done so well a year or two ahead of it and be a theatrical release but What's uh what's Florence Pugh up to? Actually, keep her away from MCU. Let her do other stuff. But that was one well, person to be excited about. I wonder if she would be in. Uh, well, she's in Thunderbolts. Um, but is that a movie or a show? That's a movie. Um, it's supposed to come out next December, actually. And I think it's. I don't want to speak too soon, but I feel like it's kind of like the Goon Squad, essentially where it's um like bucky barnes is in there um actually red guardians in there too let me pull this up yep okay so florence Man, will be in fans. that as well um but i don't know the 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 purpose of it you have sent him down a rabbit hole does that why would you ask what florence <laughs> this is, is how to? we always end it <laughs> so what would you guys but what's the vote on best I mean, Guardians is a little more recent. I I thought it was quite good. I it was tough, tough to watch, um, but which means they did a good job as well with all the raccoon stuff. Um, yeah, there were tears, and I watched it twice. <laughs> the raccoon times. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say you know like animal torture and whatnot, but it was a tough one. I had to give some people a trigger warning before I recommended it. Oh yeah. I would and say it, like overall you did good. You had a great conclusion to a story. You had great character progression across multiple characters. You had some sad parts, action, CGI, actually like probably mm-hmm. the best CGI yes. we've seen. Like, thank goodness they did a great job on that. Like if, I just feel like it struck all the boxes or at least most of them, which is why I feel so good about it. Like I felt like it was a great conclusion and actually just a really well done movie that made you actually feel something. And yeah, it did great kind stuff of like, from uh, Dave Bautista, who has been described as a meathead yeah. by Jason Showalter, but it's a really good actor, actually. <laughs> I'm not wrong about that comment. Um, <laughs> what? I think, like, I loved Guardians 3 because it was a very Guardians-type film. Like, there was no distraction of, you know, references to the multiverse, whatever. It was um, a good conclusion. Um like how Thor started with him, them just dropping him off and then going their separate ways. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it was sad. I think I, well, I've, I've seen it three times. No, I've seen, basically each time I've seen it, I've teared up. Like hey, there's a I'm couple times where it's it. like, dude, this is rough. Um, so it's on your spot. Is it one, two, or three? For me, uh, it's contending between it one three, and two. <laughs> I I'm have, not putting in three. My my vote would be across Spider Verse one, Batman two, chosen MCU movie three, which I think guard. I think I would go Guardians as well. I, we I think all liked Wakanda Forever, but it's not really. A See, movie. I'm not viewing across Spider Verse as MCU though, or as well, a, it's just well, superhero. It's a it's superhero, just a superhero yeah. movie. Yeah. Man. Sorry, I'm not viewing Gosh. the Batman as MCU. Nice, good one. Good one. Damn, Suicide Squad was that uh, DC or MCU? DC. You know what, guys? I get it. Okay, no, that was actually it. some the original Suicide Squad. Um, what a both... what a world we live in. Um, that yeah. there's an original Suicide Squad. The uh, the the bad one from who knows 2014 or what? Uh, it was 2016. Was it really? Um, yeah. After we finished watching it, someone in the theater like loudly was like, "So was that DC or MCU?" <laughs> So, had a had a laugh, a lot of laughs in that movie. You were right, 2016. Don't listen to Jason. Um, I, I said 2016. Said, I said like 2014. I was guessing. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to tag yeah. Jason. Today. That's not even yeah. that. So they made two within what four years, five years. Yeah. Margot Robbie single handedly keeping the DCU afloat. She's doing her best. And the whole yeah, movie I industry, think... honestly. Like, I think the Suicide Squad did something different and fun. And same with Black Panther. Like, I think that was another one that made you feel they dealt with death appropriately. Like, they did a lot of good things. But, like, we kind of talked about this, too, after the Black Panther release. Like, it also didn't do stuff great. Like, there was There's a big hole missing in the huge hole in, the, in there. The, the action scenes were very weird. Like, yeah, it, it just... Like they had potential, they did some stuff really well, and then they kind of missed the mark on some. So, so for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> so um, Guardians, but, we're good with that. So I I'm think those are. That. I think those should be our top three for across Spider Verse. Well, obviously, they killed it. The Batman for sure needs to be in the top three. I just don't know, like, if you actually want to order them or or agree to disagree and just put them all three and three. Matter, yeah. The one other franchise I just thought of because we were thinking of Wakanda Forever and the end of that movie with the the boat and the whales. How excited are you guys for Avatar three in like five to ten years? Um, yeah, it's excited it got as I was delayed. for number two. <laughs> How far delayed? I thought I just I was just I don't actually know when here. it's delayed. Do I just it, I think it was delayed to uh twenty twenty five. I don't know for sure. It doesn't matter. What it's going to get delayed tomorrow. So, um. Dear listeners, thank you for your time. This is our end of our structured part of the podcast. We're probably just going <laughs> to, you know, talk about whatever for a little bit, but thank you guys. And we'll check in whenever the next franchise fella call goes out. I just know how um, I nominate to change the name to Franchise Daddies now. Oh, <laughs> we are still recording. <laughs>
Let's keep it. I don't care. That's the tagline. That's the name of your episode. There's been some like great stuff that came back up for Robert Pattinson that I saw, like some shorts, just bits of him when he was doing the um like the promotional stuff for the Twilight saga. It, literally gold mines. If you haven't seen anything, watch them because he just rips on the thing constantly. <laughs> Books, movies, and all. It's like it's kind of weird, right? Like thousands of years old and i just going to high school to pick up chicks it's like dude the only reason i'll watch those movies is because they are horrendously hilarious we just do a twilight review next time yeah i'm totally down man like i um okay they are they're so funny (laughs) but at the time like the hype right oh yeah remember that's why i didn't zoom i mean remember like literally rapting around north branch for the release of those movies, it's like it's wrapping insane. around the. Well, building. I remember everyone in school having the books and stuff. Oh yeah, huge! I think they're hilarious. Um, I just saw. It's funny because it both of those have been, turned into pretty good. Not Taylor Lautner, but the other two, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, are both pretty good actors. I would say, very good. Wow, are you joking? Uh, you I think just, she's good, okay. Robert. I yes. think she's terrible. Did she's you horrible see in Twilight. Come I again? just watched that. I Spencer, just watched the uh, Princess Diana. No, she's good in that. I just watched it um, maybe That's a month ago, two months ago, maybe. It's pretty good. I never watched that underwater movie that she's in. It looks scary. Which one was that? Is there underwater computer? I have it. Oh, okay. It's like aliens or something down in the trench. Uh oh, the way of water. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Cam, how are you feeling about Aquaman? Not great. I didn't even bring it up. But to be honest, <laughs> I, I'm not really I, I thought you were gonna bring it up the remaining of the year. Like I put a Wonka because I wish they would just give Dune the Aquaman slot, but I don't think they're going to. Yeah. Well, it's like they told they told everybody, like after they've already done production and are like trying to do stuff for I don't know. I think they might have been even doing like audience reviews, like initial like reactions and stuff. And that's like kind of the same time that they had the segue into canceling all of that. Mm-hmm. And so like they went back and like modified and changed pretty much a lot of like <laughs> what the intended story was. Like James Wan had a whole separate thing for the Black Manta which is sick. Like, I think the movie's actually going to do pretty well because he had a separate side movie specifically for Black Manta in the works, like actually like like writing script and having a lot of it down, which is going to be super exciting. Um, and so they actually took like the good stuff he was going to use for that separate side movie that he knows is going to get canceled and he pulled it into this movie. So I don't think it's going to be a, like collectively a good movie. I think you're just going to get to see a lot of cool stuff. I think it's going to be visual. Uh, visually, I think it's going to be really cool. Um, Black Manta, I thought was pretty badass in the first one. Um, it definitely seems like they're laying into the humor a little bit more on this one, just from what we've seen in the trailer. When I saw the trailer, I was I completely forgot Nicole Kidman was in those movies. I was like, oh, yeah, wow. same. I did too. 
she was in the first one, right? She's his mom. Yeah. Yep. She's in the oh, first wild. one. Hey, no one nominated um, so Wonder Woman eighty four for best movie. She's the least. I scrolled that past that. I had the list in front of me as soon as that you brought so that wild. question up, and I'm like, came out on like Christmas too. It just ruined everyone's Christmas. It ruined my Christmas. That's for sure. My boy Pedro. Like, yeah. look what they've done to my boy. He tried too. He tried his best. Did you watch awful. the movie with him and Nick Cage? Yeah, loved oh, it. Great, that was a good one. Yeah, no, honestly, that was a great movie. Recommend. That's an Amazon recommendation. Yeah, Amazon recommendation for you, Jason. If you can't find Thank that. You. Find it. Appreciate that. I got some Netflix recommendations for you if you haven't watched stuff. Mine after season three, and then you come talk to me. Boy, <laughs> I might Netflix. need the. How was Extraction two? Good. He did it again. He did it again. Uh, he did. Uh, again? No, 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 not that. <laughs> they did the um, longest single action take. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they broke the record that they held that they did the first time. Maybe I should fact check that before I tell you guys that. But I'm pretty who, sure. Who uh, Guinness is in charge of that, or who? What do you say to me? Book of World Records. Oh yeah, I guess I don't know who's kind of holding the. Show me the receipts. Like the 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 charge. Um, but and I don't know who they beat, but the first one extraction. Depends one, on if you qualify the bear as action because that had a whole episode that was a take, except it was definitely cuts. Season one, episode seven, one take. There you go. Allegedly. Um. Well, it's specifically an action shot. Oh, so there was an action in the kitchen in the when kitchen, the ticket yeah. machine was going nonstop and they had to panic. Yeah, there was no action there. Good take, Cam. No action, chef. That's not action enough for me. He threw a cake at a fridge. That's action. Someone got stabbed. <laughs> Someone got stabbed. That episode, I when tell. Ricky, Richie goes to the uh, other restaurant and is cleaning the forks. and then he Oh, forks, forks yeah. Up. One of the best episodes of television of the year. It was such a I mean, just, a, well, specifically about the arc that his character had that season, but that episode for sure. Um and he like found his quote unquote purpose, whatever. Cam, have you seen that show at all? Yes. Um, but I'm looking at more important things. They got okay. 21 minute total action of a action shot nonstop. Oh. No clip, no break, no edits. Okay, so... And that includes a prison break with a hundred plus extras, a flaming uh flaming grenades, Chris on fire, a shield on fire, breaking through gates sliding down into a tunnel, coming back up out of the tunnel, shooting rockets huh. at the side of a car. Uh, how many nominees do you think in that show is going to get? 18 at least. The movie. Okay, cool. Okay. I know the Bears got like quite a few, so it's fine. <laughs> That's it's what okay. I'm going to put just... as the title of this episode. The Bear versus Extraction 2. <laughs> and it won't even be in <laughs> I'm not saying the Bear isn't great, but if we're going to talk about action shots with well, a no. guy... I was no, I know. I know. Versus literally... You think getting... they do better than John Wick? Not for length, but just like uh, visuals? Mm. That John visuals? Wick that... Yeah. I don't know. But like coordination? No. Like John Wick is insane because yeah. I'm like big fan of Keanu Reeves because when they of went above like, the, the building and they were going room to room and they had those fire shotguns. Oh, that was like one of the coolest... Well, that was like the second coolest scene in that movie. The first was when they falling took both the, doors off the, the stairs. Charger and he's driving in circles with actual like with eighteen other stunt drivers, and he's literally actual shooting blanks. All him, all Keanu, and that was also all one action shot. So 
We gotta have you start breaking down these scenes. I'm gonna look these up right now. Also, the film with uh, uh, Kirsten Kirsten Stewart was called Underwater, by the way. Thank you, I know. (laughs) Just wanna circle back real quick. Um, Longest action We'll report back. Um, Yeah, okay, so for the first extraction, uh, it did. I, I don't know what like did what. Did he extract the same kid again? No. Oh, I found whole family this time. When he got shot and fell off the bridge. Uh, barely. I mean, they did good. Like he had a recovery and rehab and stuff, and tried to kill himself. So I feel like they did like a good job for you know, like a military guy. I don't even have to watch the movie now. You know, no, it was a good Netflix movie to. was uh, Triple Frontier. Love that movie. I just rewatched that again for like the at least five, six times. Like that I rewatched was one that I was thinking about where I was like, you know, this would be a nice one to just have on the shelf. Yep. But no go. Nope. Okay. So the there's same. a Russian film called Russian Ark that holds the record for 96 minutes in one shot. But I don't think it's an actual action sequence shot. How long it was Birdman? Birdman was that that beat him, I think, because that's technically like number two, like for everything for categories. Birdman is like Literally, Birdman's, up there. Birdman's not actually one shot. I don't know, but it's close. I don't know how to see this, but I don't know. Ten longest unbroken shots mean, in cinema history. It looks unbroken. I'm telling you, Birdman is on the list. The camera high. the whole time. Oh shit! Um, Extraction two's one-shot fight scene is long, but it's not the longest one ever. I, I guess it, it probably comes down to like what classifies as an action shot. From right. what you said. Cam, yeah, 21 minutes. That sounds... Because 21 minutes action. of nonstop shooting with no editing and stuff, and with that many people involved, like, that's... Like, kudos to them. Like, that's crazy. I feel like when True Detective did it, it was the longest, but that was, like, 15 years ago. It was, like, eight minutes. Here we go. Movies with long, continuous shots. Birdman. Goodfellas. Extraction. Gravity. Boiling Point. Gravity. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I just watched uh, The Covenant. Team Jake. Was it good? I haven't watched it. It was on Amazon Prime. It was pretty good. I didn't know. Yeah. Well, okay. it's on my list. <laughs> Waiting to <laughs> no, watch that movie. Uh, I need to get it. I, I almost drove down to watch it. It's good. I enjoyed it. It was good. There's like, it's weird because there's like quite a bit of action to kind of set up the reason for it. They're like, you know the premise of the film. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Okay. So you definitely see quite a bit of action. And then that kind of just builds up the reason, like why it's important for him to go back and and whatnot. It, it, it's really good. His hair looks great. Every movie, Back. every single movie, it looks good. Even Southpaw when he was buzzed looked great. Also a great movie. Also own that movie. 